From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, March 30th. Tribes in the Colorado River Basin are calling for more influence in how the climate-stressed river is managed. As negotiations kick off on a new set of rules for river management, tribal leaders are optimistic, but say they need concrete proof their perspectives will be heard. KUNC's Luke Runyon spoke with Fort Yuma Kachan tribe president, Jordan Joaquin, about the negotiations. The tribe's land includes a portion of the Colorado River on the Arizona-California border. President Joaquin, you made a statement recently that you welcomed the Biden administration's commitment to having more engagement with the Colorado River Basin tribes, but that you want to see some meaningful changes in how tribes can be involved in decision-making in the basin. What kind of changes would you want to see as, as some of these negotiations get started in earnest? We want to be at the table. And we don't want uh, any administration for us tribes, for my tribe, to be part of the problem, but part of the solution. And so for many years, when there's water issues that arise, it's we're the last to be told. And when we finally, they finally, the government finally reaches out to us, it's at the very end of discussions, very end of negotiations, pretty much decisions have already been made. And it's just a a follow through process of okay tribes what do you want what do you guys want to hear what do you guys want to do pretty much the decisions already have already been made so what we expect out of the Biden administration is true consultation true listening to tribes to be part of the solution what do you see as top priorities for your tribe our priorities is to always never lose our water rights one and to protect the assets in our own interest within our tribe. Every tribe has its priorities, every tribe has its own interests, but when we come to the table, we have to come with a unified voice for all tribes. And so as we discuss with other tribes, their needs, their priorities, we tell them ours. When we go to the table, we have to have one unified voice to make sure we protect the rights of all all river tribes What do you see as the most pressing problem that's facing the Colorado River Basin? The drought levels. We have uh, so many pictures of our history and the water was like an ocean coming through our reservation. You know, large, large water levels were very high. And as I look at the pictures of the past, as I see the river today, it's so so low, it, it, it saddens me. You mentioned earlier that tribes have this unique perspective and this unique cultural connection to the river that maybe other water users in the basin don't necessarily have. Can you explain that just a little bit more? We lived off the water, the Colorado River. Uh, We farmed our own, uh, grew our own vegetables, uh, corn, squash, uh, that was our that was our own farming, if you will, and eating fish. And so when I say water is life, that's what kept us living for so long, and it's still keeping us living. And so we need to continue that. And if there's no water to farm our fields, you know, and uh, we have at our reservation, the tribe, you know, we lease our land out to our farmers, and so. If we didn't have water to, you know, for the farmers, then we would not have um, 
our farmland to lease. And so that's why it's so crucial. One thing I've heard before is that if you know one tribe, you know one tribe. And that there are potential disagreements or different perspectives within tribes in the basin as well. What are what are some of those ways in which tribes maybe don't see eye to eye on on water issues? For some tribes, you know, they may want to come into an agreement with the city or uh, an entity to say, yeah, sure, we'll lease, you know, we'll give you some water to sell and to lease. Um, but other tribes may be just against that and said, no, we're, don't touch our water. And so every tribe has its own priorities. And uh, if it benefits the whole membership as a whole community, as a whole, absolutely, you know, Kachan would be looking for um, options. Uh, but what works for Kochan may not work for another tribe upriver as well. That was Fort Yuma Kachan Tribe President Jordan Joaquin speaking with KUNC's Luke Runyon. This interview is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River Basin, supported by the Walton Family Foundation. The Ute Mountain Ute Tribe straddles the border of Colorado and New Mexico at the heart of the Four Corners region. KSJD's Lucas Brady-Woods sat down with the chairman of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe to talk about vaccine distribution, reopening strategy, and education within the Ute Mountain Ute community. Manuel Hart is the chairman of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Council, which is made up of seven tribal members. The Ute Mountain Ute tribal lands cover regions of Montezuma and La Plata counties in Colorado and San Juan County in New Mexico. Thanks for joining us, Chairman Hart. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me today. The Ute Mountain Ute tribe has opened up a number of vaccine clinics for people in surrounding counties. Can you walk me through why there were extra vaccine doses? The vaccines started coming in pretty slow and it wasn't meeting our needs. So I went to the state. I sit on the Colorado Commission of Indian Affairs. So we started reaching out a little bit more. And as we did, we started receiving more vaccines. And we wanted to target our tribal members, community members, and our tribal employees. And once we reached a certain percentage, then we would open it up to spouses of employees and then eventually to the counties of Montezuma, San Juan, Utah, and San Juan, uh, New Mexico. And, and what would you say your overall strategy is? I mean, how would you distill your strategy for reopening the community? We still want to be strategic about it based on science and based on data that we've collected. Just because Ute Mountain is 100% doesn't mean Montezuma County is or San Juan County or any of the four states that we live in. Keep in mind that just because we're at 100% as adults, now we have to target our children that's the next um, area that we're going to be concerned about. So let's just, since we talked about children, let's dive into education. Um, how has the pandemic affected education for Ute Mountain Ute tribal members, especially of grade level? And it's really impacted us pretty hard here. The dilemma that going online or going to school, uh, how far they were on their academics online was really hard for them because... We don't have a lot of internet here on the reservation. We have internet for access for our departments and our enterprises, but they're at maximum capacity right now. And we really need to look at that as a priority, first off and foremost, for education. So I think uh, some of the students for this coming or this, this current school year are going to be behind 
one school year or one semester because of lack of infrastructure on fiber and access to broadband. So the Cuyagat Academy is a new school that's going to open in the fall um, in Toyoc, correct? Tell me, correct. T- tell me why that's exciting and why it's necessary for the community. It's called the Cuyagat, which means Bear, Bear Academy School. There is a generation gap to, based on the past when the federal government tried to assimilate um, children back then who would be our grandparents today to start learning the ling- English language and getting away from their tradition and culture. So we said, well, maybe we should rethink this and maybe we should build a school on the reservation. That way we can have more of our tribal elders involved and others that know the different traditions and cultures and the language. So we started looking into that over the years and as we start to move forward with this, we have a deadline of April 12th to get 23 students enrolled. And once we get the students enrolled and it's for kindergarten and first grade, once we have the 23 students, then we will be opening up our doors this coming fall. I mean, that's that's incredible. I, I honestly cannot wait to see this place open and and see what these kids are learning. Growing up, was there anybody in your family that was a particularly big influence on you? My grandfather was. He's the one that raised me. Um, my grandfather was there for me all through my school years, good and bad. And he helped me to understand a lot about tradition and culture. He spoke Ute to me all the time. I picked that up, and I speak fluent Ute today. How did you end up as chairman of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe? So I've always advocated for a lot of things to help us move forward. And I think that's why I've been successful, in a sense, in helping our membership to help our tribe move forward. Chairman Hart, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Have a good day, sir. That was Ute Mountain Ute Chairman Manuel Hart speaking with KSGD's Lucas Brady-Woods. And that's the news for Tuesday, March 30th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.